passage. Uh, of course, these are the the last recorded words of Jesus' public ministry. And I'll get to say a little bit more about that in just a moment. But uh, Jesus, uh, for those who uh, have rejected Him, Jesus warns them of coming judgment. And uh, you can remain seated, but I do want you to follow along with me as I read. I'll begin reading in verse 44. Verse 44, Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on Me, believeth not on Me, but on Him that sent Me. He that seeth Me, seeth Him that sent Me. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on Me should not abide in darkness. If any man hear My words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth Me and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, He gave me a commandment, what I should say, and what I should speak. And I know that His commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore I speak, as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Let's pray together. Father, as we come now to the portion of the service we've set aside for preaching your word. Father, I pray that you would help me. Father, truly. The topic that I preach on tonight is not a topic that I desire to preach on. But Father, it's a topic that we must hear. Father, I pray that you would give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Father, I pray that through your spirit, you would give us a greater understanding of Eternity that lies beyond. Father, for those who are saved. Eternal bliss in heaven with you. For those that are lost. Eternal suffering. Father, I pray that. Lord, we would see men as you see them. Either lost or saved. Father, I pray that you would help us to be faithful in giving warning to men to repent. Repent, or ye shall all likewise perish. Father, I pray that your Spirit would fill me. Father, that you would use this unworthy and stammering tongue to preach the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Please help us now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus Christ has already been rejected on a national level. Because Jesus didn't grow up in the schools of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He didn't grow up under the tutelage of the religious leaders. They weren't able to label Him as a rising star and help push Him and promote Him to the nation as as a potential Messiah. Because they weren't able to wheel and deal with the the. 
that Jesus was unwilling to wheel and deal with the power brokers of, the, of His day, but instead just called them to repentance, they rejected Jesus. And Jesus has already spoken of the consequences of that rejection. Should Israel cast Him off as their Messiah, Jesus warned of great suffering. Some would wish they'd never been born. Their temple was going to be destroyed and along with it their entire legalistic religious system. And as a people, they were going to be vanquished. All because they had rejected their Messiah, their promised One. They were going to lose their national identity. No longer would they be able to hold their heads high as they had said to Jesus, we are of the seed of Abraham. We have never been in bondage. See, Jesus, when it was clear that the Jews had made their choice. As you study some of the other Gospels, you notice a change in Jesus' ministry. You know, at first, as we read of Jesus' ministry, the teaching was clear and plain. Direct. He taught with authority, not as the scribes, the Bible tells us. Blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are the meek and Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. But after being rejected, Jesus taught in parables. And He would say things to the crowd like this, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. After being rejected, before He was rejected, He would say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And after He was rejected, the invitation became markedly personal. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, though the offer to Israel was still, you could say, officially on the table, his ministry and his invitation became more personal. And this change in John's, this change in Jesus's ministry is not as noticeable in John's gospel because John tells us the purpose for which he has written this gospel. He's not giving us a historical narrative telling us what happened or why it happened. He is writing. He has told us in John chapter 20, verse 31. I've shared this on several occasions. He says, but these are written that ye, you who are reading, ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. He's writing so that the individual reading would come to understand who Jesus is and put their faith in Him. Jesus has been inviting His hearers to believe that He is the Son of God. And, and as we have read on many occasions in John's Gospel, some of them have believed. Some of them have not believed. You could say many have believed, but also many have not believed. And just as there were consequences for Israel rejecting their Messiah, on a national level, there were going to be personal consequences. That's what Jesus is speaking of here in this passage. For those who would reject His personal invitation to come and to place their faith in Him, that whosoever believeth would not perish, but have everlasting life. For those who would reject that invitation, there would be personal consequences for rejecting Jesus as the Christ. We see this borne out in the wording of our text. Whosoever, he says, should not abide in darkness. The rest of the world will abide in darkness, but, but you don't have to. 
You can come to the light. You can walk in the light. He, he tells us here, if any man, any man, hear my words, any man uh, would, uh, would uh, be judged who rejects his words. He says, the word that I have spoken, he says, will judge him, hath one that judgeth him. You know, all of these wordings are, are speaking of a personal judgment. See, I want to remind us that, that even though in our society a group of men might commit a crime together, Every single one of them is judged personally. We're never judged collectively. And the judgment that Jesus is speaking of is a personal judgment. Those who reject me, Jesus says, will not be judged until that final judgment. See, your time here on this earth, Jesus says, is a time of mercy. Your days here are a day of grace. He said, but those who would reject me, look again at verse 48, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. What Jesus is making unmistakably clear is that you're not going to disregard his word and get away with it. You will be judged by his word. You see, you can be judged by His Word in this life. You hear His Word. His Word speaks to your heart. It brings conviction. It brings you to a place of, of repentance and faith. And you yield to His Word. And you humble yourself before Jesus Christ and you believe. Or you'll hear His Word at that last day as it declares your condemnation. See, I want to remind all of us that men cannot ignore the words of God. That's why God has given us the responsibility not to go preach our philosophy and our opinions. We have been commissioned to preach the Word of God. You see, we, we must preach it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You and I must preach His Word. But Jesus is warning those who would reject Him, those who would reject His message, if you reject Me, you reject My words, there is nothing left for you but judgment. And He tells us here, He says, the one who will judge you in that day is His Word. See, that's one thing this wicked world will never get away from. The Word of God. Oh, they try. They try. They want the Ten Commandments taken down and, and uh, they want the Word of God out of schools and they want the Word of God out of our society as a whole. They deface monuments with Scripture verses. But though they try, they will not get away from the Word of God because Jesus tells us that Word will judge them at the last day. You know, as we read this passage, you know, we have to wonder, why would Jesus say it in this way? You know, we understand that Jesus is the judge. The judge before whom all men will appear. Why wouldn't Jesus just say that I'm the judge? And if you reject me and you reject my words, you're going to stand before me and you're going to give an account. You know, he doesn't say it that way. Look again at verse, at verse 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken. The same shall judge him in the last day. You know, I, I believe the reason 
that Jesus isn't standing there in Jerusalem saying that you reject me, I will judge you. No, he says you'll be judged by the word I have spoken. It's because he doesn't want men to be distracted with the appearance. You know, Jesus came to Israel meek and lowly. And here he stands as a servant and lest men should be distracted by his humble appearance. What do you mean you're going to judge us at the last day? And, uh, you know, no, Jesus says, my word will judge you. See, to believe in Jesus is to believe his word. You cannot separate the person of Christ from his word, the written word from the revealed word. You see, for men to say, I believe in Jesus, and yet I live for myself, I do what I want to do, that, that's nonsense. No, Jesus said, He that hath my commandment and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. You cannot separate Christ from His Word. And to despise the commandments of Christ is to have His Word judge you. That last day. See, your eternal destiny is revealed by how you respond to His Word. Your Jesus makes it clear, you reject My Word. You hear My words and yet you refuse to believe them. You know, the, the, He said, your eternal destiny is revealed by how you respond to My Word. You know, this judgment Jesus refers to, this, uh, the, this la judgment at the last day is referenced all throughout Scripture, but I want us to read it. Take your Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. Now Jesus makes it clear here in John chapter 12 that this judgment is not for those who believe. This judgment is not for those who have received His Word and, and, and believed in Him. This is for those who have rejected Him. For those who have not believed His Word. And I can't say for certain, the Bible doesn't tell us as to whether or not we will be there at that judgment. But I must say, you must understand, this judgment is not for believers. It may be that we would be called to testify against someone of God's continued grace in their lives and their rejection of God's grace. Of times that we preach the gospel or given a tract, but and they rejected it. But, but this judgment is not there for everyone there to determine whether they are saved or lost. You know, this, this judgment would be almost like a trial for war crimes. You're already guilty. It's just we, 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 the judgment is held to determine how guilty you are. And uh, Jesus tells us that everyone at this judgment has rejected Him. Everyone at this judgment has refused his word. And uh, they've lived their lives as though they have not needed Jesus. Now, when is this judgment? You know, our, our Jesus told us there in John chapter 12, it's at the last day. Well, this judgment that Jesus is referencing is what we call the great white throne judgment. And this happens right before the beginning of the eternal kingdom. Prophetically speaking, it, it happens uh, everything else that is going to happen, everything else that you might be familiar with, rapture, tribulation, millennium, all of those things have already happened. The Bible tells us that 
the, the next thing on the, the, the calendar of events for the end times is the rapture of the church. And, and when the church is raptured, there will be a tribulation, a judgment, a day of Jacob's troubles, a pouring out of God's wrath upon this world. And then that will be followed by a, 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 a Armageddon and, and Jesus will establish a millennial kingdom but after that millennial kingdom, after that thousand years, the Bible tells us this great white throne judgment takes place. In fact, look at verse 5. This isn't where we were going to start reading, but look at verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So he tells us that after, after that thousand years will be this millennial, uh, will, will be this great white throne judgment. So, look at uh, verse 11. Let's begin reading there. We'll read down through the rest of the chapter. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne. Him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead. Let's read verses 12 through 15 together. Ready? And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. See, the Bible tells us here that the books will be opened. There is a book, the book of life. But all the people here who are at this judgment, their names are not found written. In the book of life. And the Bible tells us that the books will be opened. They will be judged. Every man who is at this judgment will be judged out of these books. Some would surmise that these books are, are uh, books where God has logged all of our sins and, and, uh, and, and, and wickedness and iniquity. But I, I don't necessarily believe that to be true. The Bible says we're judged out of those books. I believe those books are the book, the 66 books that you hold in your hands. And the lost will be judged by the Word of God. Is that not what Jesus said? The Word that I have spoken will judge them at that last day. Oh, certainly men are going to offer up their excuses and their justifications. But, but, but Lord, uh, uh, that, that's not what my religion teaches. And the answer will be clear. What does the Bible say? What do the Scriptures say? But I was taught that we evolved over millions and billions of years and there was no God. What does the Bible say? In the beginning, God created. But, but, but my, my denomination, they, they taught me these, these creeds and, and, uh, and, and catechism. What does the Bible say? But I went to church and they were full of hypocrites. What does the Bible say? Well, I, 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 I figured that 
that this isn't what after death was going to be like. What does the Word of God declare? I was told there is no heaven. There is no hell. What do the Scriptures teach? What did Jesus say? Well, I was told that death just ends it all and we go to the grave and there's nothing after. What do the Scriptures say? Every man will be judged out of the books. They will be judged by the Word of God. There at the great white throne judgment, there will be a summons with no exceptions. See, the Bible tells us that all the dead, verse 12 again, small and great, stand before God. Look at verse 13. I, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Listen, I want to remind us that no one who is to be at this judgment because they rejected Jesus Christ and they refused His Word, there is no one that will miss their day in court. Period. You, you won't be able to send your attorney and ask the judge for a continuance. See, Jesus, Jesus told us in John chapter 5 that there will be a resurrection for those a special resurrection for those who are at this judgment. We read a little bit about uh, reference there to it in, in, in verse 5 of chapter 20. Listen, when God gives everyone a body so they can make their court date, so to speak, everyone will be there. Everyone. Jesus said, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming when all that are in the grave shall hear His voice and they shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. John 5.29 There will be a judge, but no jury. At this judgment, there will be a judge. Verse 11, the Bible tells us, from the face of this judge, the earth and the heavens flee. There's no place for them. You see, our judge will be none other than the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Jesus has already told us that. The Father judgeth no man. John 5.22 But hath committed all judgments unto the Son. You see, and, and for this judge, He needs no witnesses. He doesn't need anyone to come and to testify of the, of, of the deeds of mankind because He already knows. The Bible says that every secret thing this judge knows. Ecclesiastes 12, 14, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. He knows every secret. He knows every word. Every word. Jesus said in Matthew twelve thirty six, I say unto you, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. He knows every thought. Isaiah 55, verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord, and He will have mercy upon him, for He will abundantly pardon. There will be a judge, but no jury. There's going to be no jury to plead to. You know, last fall, I, I was selected to be a juror for Hillsdale County. And that, you know, it was interesting to see the whole plot process play out. Any of you ever been on a jury before? Uh, a couple of you, yes. Interesting thing. 
both the prosecution and the defense, they had the, the ability to veto a potential juror simply because of how they perceived they were going to listen to the case and interpret the information. And, and uh, listen, I, I, I want to remind us that there's going to be no weak link on the jury panel for us to petition to, to try to get them to hang the jury so we can walk off scot-free. There will be no one at that day, at that judgment, who will get off on a technicality. You see, the very reason that sinners are at this judgment is because they are guilty. There's a judge, but no jury. There, there will be a prosecution, but no defense. You know, over the years, I've heard a massive number of complaints about court-appointed attorneys. I want to remind all of us there will be no attorneys, court-appointed or otherwise, at this trial, at this judgment. You will be tried by the law of God. Romans chapter 3, the Bible says, Now we know that all things whatsoever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. All the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Another thing we find at this great white throne judgment, there will be judgment, but there will be no mercy. Mercy is now. Mercy is John chapter 12, Jesus saying, I, I, I have not come to judge the world but to save the world. You see, but, but, but for those who have lived their lives trampling down the Son of God, for those who have taken His precious name that we sing of, precious name, oh how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, and take that name and join it with some of the most vulgar and, and, and obscene words just to show their contempt for those that have trampled down the Son of God, there will be no mercy. Hebrews chapter 10. Turn there with me if you would please. Hebrews chapter 10. Those who have lived the entirety of their lives thinking the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed to pay for their sins was not necessary because they have participated in some religious ritual or they've been good enough. You see, upon those, there will be no mercy. This passage tells us only vengeance. Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 28. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite Unto the Spirit of grace. For we know Him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth to Me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge His people. It, verse 30, 
If you're there, would you read it? It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. A fearful thing. Fearful thing. Listen, that, 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 by the way, that's why, that is why men are so desperate to worship dumb idols, dead idols. Idols made in the image of man. Because it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. There's nothing terrifying about breaking the commandments of a false God, a fake God, a made up idol. There's, there's, there's nothing terrifying about falling under the judgment and wrath of, of a God who has been made in the image of man. But the Bible tells us it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. You see, and I want to remind us that every single person, all eight billion of them, are hurtling towards eternity. Racing through life, headed for eternity, headed for judgment. Hebrews 9.27, turn back there if you would, a page or two. Hebrews 9.27, would you read this with me please? And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. There will be judgment. There will be no mercy. At this great white throne judgment, there will be sentencing. But there will be no appeal. You know, this is the real Supreme Court. You know, whenever a judge renders a verdict, somebody's not happy. You know, the loser always wants to appeal the decision. It doesn't matter whether there was misconduct in the case. They, they just don't like the decision. So they're going to appeal it on that context. But I want to remind all of us that this is the real Supreme Court. There is no appeal. There's nowhere to appeal to. And the verdict of this court, the verdict, the judgment that is rendered stands for all of eternity. You can't just fire your lawyers and blame them and get a retrial. Convicted and sentenced at the great white throne judgment, condemned for all of eternity, forever lost. Another thing we see at this great white throne judgment is there is a second death. But there is no second chance. Verse 14, in death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Say it with me. This is the second death. The lake of fire. The second death. See, natural unregenerate man refuses to accept God at His Word. But I want to remind all of us, there are only two destinations. Eternity awaits every single human being. And there are only two. Only two destinations. Heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. Both of them are as eternal as the soul that God created and put within each man. Listen, I want to remind all of us that annihilationism and purgatory and every other false doctrine that would remove the horrors of hell is a false doctrine that came from hell. Purgatory is a teaching from hell. There is no second chance. There's no putting in your time and suffering for a while. Oh sure, that's the way man's court works. But I want to remind us, this is not man's court. This is the great white throne judgment for those who have, as we read earlier, trodden underfoot the blood of the covenant. You see, this, this Jesus said, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, then shall he say to them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire. 
prepared for the devil and his angels. See, I want to remind us time in eternity will be no more. And, and uh, the, the reason the Bible tells us that a, a, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day is because when we, when we are with God in the eternal kingdom, we have stepped outside of time that God created for us. But I want to remind us that it's not that heaven is in eternity and hell is still frozen in time. Locked in time with days passing and years passing. No, hell is also in eternity. And the eternal souls of mankind who have rejected Christ are cast there forever and ever and ever. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 says in flaming fire, taking vengeance upon them that know not God and that have not obeyed the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. There will be a second death, but no second chance. Let me say this next. At this great white throne judgment, there will be a casting. But there will be no retrieval. See, this passage says they were cast. Cast into the lake of fire. See, they must be cast. Why? Because they're not going to go willingly. Take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 7. Jesus again referenced this judgment. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Jesus says, Not everyone that saith unto Me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of My Father which is in heaven. Many will say to Me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in Thy name? And in Thy name have cast out devils. And in Thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from Me, ye for that work iniquity. You see, I believe at that day when their sentence is read, it happens occasionally here in our courts in man's kingdom, so to speak, but there when their sentence is read, there will be many who cry out. As we read here, many who protest. You see, no one's going to willingly be cast into hell. Jesus is going to have to call the angels. And they're going to have to take that individual protesting. No doubt flailing. No doubt screaming. And cast them. Depart from me. As the judge of all the earth speaks. Depart from me. Ye that work iniquity. That leads me to my last statement. There will be prayers. But there will be no answers. They cry out for mercy. As they plead, as we just read here in Matthew chapter 7, Lord, Lord, what about all the things that we have done? What about our involvement in, in, uh, in, in, in church and, and, uh, and spreading the, the, the message and doing good deeds and the protests? They cry out for mercy. 
They plead for water like the rich man in hell in Luke chapter 16, but their prayers go unanswered. The rich man, can I have a drop of water? No, comes the response. It's too late. Well, can Lazarus go back and warn my brothers? No, it's too late. They won't listen anyway. No, as they plead and cry out, they pray. But the answer will not come. Jesus said, if you don't believe Me, you won't receive My Word. There is nothing left for you but judgment. If any man hear My words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth Me and receiveth not My words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in that last day. Now, I understand why preachers don't preach on this. This isn't a fun message to preach. It's not popular. People aren't going to flock in to hear it. And I want to remind all of us it's the truth. And Jesus spoke more about hell than He did about heaven. Why? Because He warned mankind. He loved mankind. For God so loved the world. He doesn't want men to perish. That's why even in verse 44, in Jesus' last appeal to the people, he the Bible says, cries out. He preaches. He raises His voice with earnestness, with passion. Please believe, because if you reject Me, judgment awaits. So as we finish the message tonight, there's two simple questions. First of all, have you heard His Word? And believed on Him. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? If you haven't, I plead with you. Don't go another day. Don't pillow your head another night. Till you have wrestled with this. You have come to Jesus Christ. You have trusted His sacrifice as payment for your sins. The second question is this. If you know Christ as your Savior, and you can say with absolute confidence, Pastor, I know, I know I will not be at that judgment because of my faith in Jesus Christ. I ask you tonight, are there others that you need to warn. Do you also, like Christ, need to cry and say, to warn those to repent or perish? See, every single person on this side of heaven owes the Gospel to every single person on this side of hell. May God help us. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.